So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. charming surprise honey oh now so we have consulted with the lawyers and they've said because I recorded that video without Elton John's permission at an Elton John concert then we are under zero legal consequences really which is exactly how I prefer to live my life nice welcome ladies and gentlemen lords ladies derelicts addicts normies friends Newbies, newcomers, fucking whoever else listens. It's season two, episode 26 of the world famous chart topping. So I married an alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. And we had, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just such an incredible, tremendous weekend. We really did. But first, darling, let us thank the sponsors. Oh, I was going to give you an assist there. Please don't. Okay. I don't know if you know this, but when you tend to assist in my life, I get... Things get better? No, I get pissy. <laughs> but they do get better. And then things eventually get better. <laughs> That's just how we roll. Marlang Graphics, our studio sponsor, marlanegraphics.com for all of your printing needs. And Realtor and a Baby, realtorandababy.com for all of your real estate needs. Would you like to PSA, darling? You know what's annoying? I would because I had one, but mm. now it's out of my brain. Well, let's think about it for a moment. I'm sure it'll come back. I don't think it will. This brain is like a black hole. <laughs> Shit gets lost. Oh, you poor thing. Oh, damn. Do you have the mad cow? No, I should have made an iPhone note. That's the only way I remember things. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> We've officially reached that stage in Megan's mid to late 30s where iPhone notes are now a way of life. Oh, man. Where are keys? Okay. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Tonight's PSA, as with all other PSAs, are brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes, for all of your double penetration needs, we've actually picked up another PSA sponsor. We did? We sure did. Are you excited? I am excited. Our secondary PSA sponsor is Aunt Bubbles Ball Gags. Aunt Bubbles Ball Gags for all of your ball gagging needs. Absolutely not. Take no. it out. Nope. Not doing it. Yeah, no, you're not doing it. Take it out. We were down at uh, the world-famous Jim and Valia's bed and breakfast over the weekend, and Aunt Bubbles was breaking my balls about the PSAs and the double penetration and all of the other inappropriate shit that I have to say on here. So I've decided to make on Bubbles a PSA sponsor. She does make lovely sausage, though. I do not agree with you. 
Aunt Bubbles ball gags for all of your sausage needs. <laughs> was a delicious dinner. It certainly was. I have no PSA, and no PSA is brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes, Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs, and as always, bringing up the rear, Aunt Bubbles ball gags. I'm in so much fucking trouble. Yeah, I don't know. Megan's over there just pissy. Yep. All right, so anyways, we headed to the bed and breakfast this weekend. Unfortunately, I have not had a lot of time to spend down there this summer. No, you haven't been down since Memorial Day, right? Yeah, which is, I mean, not that it's good. Um, I think it's good because that means that I'm busy and I don't have the time to vacation like you do. Sure. Just vacation at will. Mm-hmm. Treat that place like a fucking verbo. Is it verbo? I think that's, yeah, VRBO. I don't know if you say it as verbo or VRBO. Kind of like AIM or AIM, which is it? I guess it's irrelevant now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was irrelevant like 25 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Anyways, it was just such a lovely weekend. Meg's dad is actually over in Scotland right now. Yes. Which is where my mother is from, except he didn't get drunk and throw us out. No, he did not. He invited us down every weekend whenever we'd like to come. Such a generous man. Such a different way you were brought up, Megan. But yeah, they're in Scotland. It's my dad, my uncles, my adult male cousins. They're all over there watching the... Go ahead and say it. British Open. Meg was like the U.S. Open earlier. I was like, when was the last time the U.S. Open was held in fucking Scotland? Well, it confuses me that the <laughs> British Open is held in Scotland. I don't... It's Great Britain. Oh, okay. It's part of it? Sure is, honey. All right. It's geography. Not my thing. Daddy will teach you. Mm. So it was just me, Meg, the crank, Mac, and Mimi. And we had a lovely time. And of course, Aunt Bubbles with all her ball gags. How many times do you think Enough. I can get that in? Enough. <laughs> you're not funny. You think you're funny. Oh, yes, I am, darling. You're not. It was, weather-wise, an amazing weekend. It was a little hot, but lovely. The water was seasonably warm. The what? Water? What's that? You're in Philly now. Learn the speak. No, I, I'm in Philly. I, I live in the greater Philadelphia area, but I refuse to accept the ways of the Philadelphian. Well, I'm going to say water and so will Frankie because this is where she's born and raised. So then, Megan sort of surprised me, sort of not. Okay. With Elton John tickets. No, I surprised you on your birthday, but that was just back in January. Yeah. Which, you didn't know those were coming. No, I mean. That was a great surprise. You told me, I'm sure, on my birthday or, you know, roundabout when you purchased them and then quickly went to the back shelf of my brain. And then you were like, hey, we're going to Elton John this weekend. I was like, ooh, all excited. Like, it was the first time I ever heard it. I know. We've been talking about it for, like, the past week. Like, we were really, really excited. No, we were. And it's, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm no Elton John. Those of you that have listened to, you know, more than one of the podcast episodes by now know that I occasionally like to get deep into my singing, my creative juices. But I think there's a lot to be said for somebody like Elton John, who's been sober for, I don't know, somewhere around 25, 27 years. No, over 30. Is it over 30 it now? It is. It is. He got sober in 1990. And here's what really amazes me. He, I'm not going to say didn't have to get sober. Like, I think he could have sort of muddled his way through his career. I don't 
don't think so. I'm pretty sure when you listen to him talk about his sobriety, he says he would have been dead. Yeah, everybody says that. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that's a safe assumption. Okay, maybe you should have read the articles I sent you. No. All right, go ahead then. Articles are stupid. Spew your nonsense. Thank you, darling. I appreciate that. I only got sober, really, because, like, I didn't have any money to continue to get fucked up. Yeah, see, I think that's bullshit. I mean, it was, to a certain extent. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot more that goes into it, but it's always... I don't know, I just find it remarkable that people like Elton John and, you know, like the Robert Downey Juniors and the super outspoken, very famous, very, well, frankly, rich people out there that get sober... I don't know, because they're just like you and I. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's the point in having all that money? In fact, I think it's, I don't know, more difficult to get sober, maybe, even though you have all the tools at your disposal. I, I just think, it, I don't. people don't get sober because they ran out of money. That's bullshit. You can stop using because you ran out of money. Ooh. But you're not going to get sober for that reason. It's a good point. I know. God, you're so good. I know. Tell me about it. I will. I'll keep going. Okay. We're sitting there. Again, it's absolutely remarkable. The guy's like mega, mega famous. We had unbelievable seats, as you're all well aware. If it's not a luxury box, I'm not going. I don't care what it is. Funerals. I've now requested luxury boxes at funerals. Is that sickening? Yeah, you're a sick fuck. Keep going. <laughs> Megan's not entertained this evening. No, I'm not. So Elton John comes out, and he's 75 years old now? He is, yep. So he's, you know, slowing down. He's walking like a 75-year-old man, and he sits down at his piano, and he plays a note. Like, literally just puts his chubby little sausage fingers on the piano. Which was surprising. I would have expected long, lean fingers. And they're like zooming in. I said to Chris, look at those little sausage links. I'm actually a little jealous I never hooked up with Elton John because I'm pretty sure I would have looked like I had a horse cock in those hands. <laughs> it's bullshit. Okay. Anywho, he plays one note and I literally almost tearing up with emotion. It was. It was like a religious experience like honestly <laughs> yes. I had like chills the whole time and I you know they had graphics and stuff like that on the screen I said to Chris at one point I was like I don't even care about that stuff I just literally want to sit there and watch him play because then there would be you know something and be on him and all of a sudden you'd see him like look up and smirk like he was having a great time he was having an absolute blast and again the man probably hasn't had to work since I don't know, the late 70s, early 80s. It's crazy. I know. But amazingly enough, so this was the last time he'll perform in Philadelphia. And also his first, this is what he said. I, again, I haven't looked into this, but he said that his the first quote unquote show he ever played in the United States was in Philadelphia. Yeah. Now, if you've watched the Elton John movie that came out a couple of years ago, it looks like the first show. And again, according to the movie, Artistic License was played at like the Troubadour in Hollywood or something like that. So I don't know if he meant like... Maybe his first like real concert? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but it was still... You know, there, there's a lot to be said about him starting his career in Philly. Again, I'm drawing just insane parallels here, but like he's sober. He does a ton of work as in the, the recovery community as well as he has an AIDS foundation. Yes. And I don't know, there's just something about the city of Philadelphia. 
you know, I don't want to make a joke out of it, but like the city of brotherly love, obviously it's a very uh, homosexual friendly environment here in Philadelphia, which is great. I'm certainly not judging or I promise you I'm not talking shit. Uh, There's also huge social and economic issues around, you know, drug and alcohol addiction, as well as community health issues such as AIDS, HIV. Yes, and there are a lot of resources here in Philly. Not a lot of people take advantage of them, and of course there could always be more. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of resources. You know, probably because it's one of the cities with the biggest problem. I mean, Philly has the largest open-air drug market in the world, right? Yeah, Kensington, YouTube, it, it'll break your heart. Yep. So he's an incredible performer, and I've seen a lot of great performers. I love live music. I love going to a concert. I've seen really great performances. There was something about him with longstanding sobriety that I think made it extra special, emotional. I I don't know. There was something about that that really spoke to me. I I agree with that as well. And it was certainly something that I could relate to. I don't think Elton was relating to us as much as I was to him. But there was just this, I almost want to say like this sort of strange energy, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. Very nostalgic. It was. It was incredible. I I was, it was a once in a lifetime and that is it. And that was actually one of the things I loved. Like he has a hundred more shows to go. This is the last time he'll be in Philly. His tour ends next uh, July. And he's like, then I'm going to spend the rest of my life with my two children and my husband. Mm -hmm. And I was like, good for you, man. Yep. Like that's some, uh, to me, I was like, that's some really good recovery because yeah. he's not just chasing the next show, the next this, the next that. He he knows what matters in his life. And he's going out on a high note. Absolutely. Which and is also huge. To speak to your point, we saw the Rolling Stones. Yes. Was it pre-pandemic? I believe it was. So, uh, I don't know, maybe let's It was say definitely pre-pandemic. It was pre-Frankie. 2019. Yes. Uh, we saw the Rolling Stones down at the Lincoln Center in Philadelphia, which is where the Eagles play, the the Philadelphia's professional football team. And again, just like Megan, I have seen a number of incredible, talented artists, and I'm talking like Billy Joel, Metallica, Tool. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, Pearl Jam. Like, I have seen some amazing acts, let me tell you, it was painful watching the Rolling Stones three years ago. Yeah, and again, we were glad to be there. There was parts of it that were a good show. There was parts of it that were, like, uncomfortable to watch. It was hard to watch. And they're still touring. They are. Like, it's time for... I was. I said that as soon as we left. I was like, Elton's going out on a high note. Good for you, bud. Smart move. Absolutely. Power career move right there. Yes. All right, anyways, back to Elton John, my love. Yeah, so we got home and I start looking up, um, like, obviously, you know, he's sober. He talks about his sobriety, doesn't hide it. The movie that he did, and it's funny because I knew Elton John was sober, but like, I I guess I thought of him more of an AIDS advocate. I thought of him, you know, as a fantastic performer, an advocate for the gay community. But I guess I personally never realized his sobriety or I knew he was sober but like I don't I didn't recognize it that much until we saw Rocket Man and it starts with him in rehab and so 
you think about that movie and when he looks at his life and all these amazing things he's done, his sobriety really is like the center of it for him. I think it definitely the center. It comes before I'm going to say almost everything in his life. And I'll even go so far as to say his marriage and his kids. Yes, which is, you know, how it should be, because if you don't have sobriety, you don't have any of that. But it was just interesting to me. You know, someone says, we're going to do a movie about your life, this amazing, incredible life that you have lived. What should we focus it on? And it was his sobriety, which I thought was really incredible. Definitely. I mean, they definitely set the tone or set it up like, you know, there were years of partying. There were years of drugs and sex and all of that, quote unquote, bad behavior that goes along with being a rock star. But if that movie was an hour and a half long, those party scenes were probably about seven minutes combined. Right. And only to look at kind of like the desperation that he faced exactly during that time like there there was no glorifying the rock star lifestyle no, it, was it was looked at in a critical and you know negative manner you know because yeah. that's where it brought his life it was not romanticized at all whereas i think if you watched the queen documentary when it comes to freddie mercury i think they glamorized a bit of his uh, misgivings Interesting. A lot more. Do you not agree with that? No, I do. Now I'm trying to like compare both movies side to side. I may need to rewatch. And again, I want to make sure that nobody is focusing on the sexual part of that. I mean, just the partying, the drugs, the alcohol. Yeah, sure. You know. Um. So I started reading a little bit like, you know, why did he get sober? What got him sober? And believe it or not, you know what he credits for starting his journey to sobriety? This podcast. Nope. Shit. It was, and it also is what started his AIDS foundation. Oh, yes, I do know this. Did you read this? It was No, a, because I know everything. Okay, you do. You're the knower of all, like, useless facts. But it's not useless tonight. It was a kid that got HIV from a blood transfusion because he had hemophilia. Do you know his name? I do because I just read it, but that's also in the dark side of my brain right at this moment. So again, this is why I'm a better person than you. I've never read anything. His name is Ryan White. Yes. Elton John wrote a song for him called Funeral for a Friend. Yes. I'm better than you. Carry on. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> here he was living this drug, alcohol, like sex-fueled life. Mm -hmm. And he managed to get out of that period in the 70s where HIV in that scene was running wild without it. Yes. And here was this kid who did none of those things mm -hmm. and ended up with HIV. Correct. And that touched his life in such a profound way. He became very close to the family. He was there when he died. He was a pallbearer on his funeral. Mm -hmm. um, and then within six months, he was sober. Isn't that amazing? Yes. So it, it's really interesting when we think about what causes that spiritual change. You know, like his, his drugs and alcohol were completely out of hand. Um, you know, he talks about this I thought was interesting, too. He talks about his cocaine usage and how he was actually, like as a child in his personal life, like an introvert and shy and socially awkward. And cocaine helped him talk to people cocaine's a hell of a drug and then the last two weeks of his usage he spent held up in a hotel room in london and he never left he just stayed in the room and did cocaine for two weeks straight so here this drug that had given him the ability to social had now completely isolated him 
And just the transition of that made me think that's so that's so common, I think, in addiction. I think there's so many people that pick up that drink because they're a little nervous, a little anxious in a social setting. Oh, yeah. And then by the end, you're drinking by yourself in a closet. We've said it before, and you'll hear it a lot, or you'll hear it quite often in our circles. The drugs, the alcohol is just the medicine. Yeah. You know, and at some point in time, that medicine controls you. And and I think that's like that classic example of that. Yeah, and it's like that that people think they need alcohol to be social, to mm. engage in social situations. And, you know, some people, if, if you're a normal person who consume alcohol normally, then yes, maybe it does make you loosen up a little bit at a party. Sure. But if you're one of us, eventually that alcohol leads you to complete social isolation. So what yeah. started as a gateway to, you know. Little social lubricant. Yes. Ends up, you know, locking in your bedroom. Not uncommon. No, not at all. So I thought that was interesting, too. I actually remember, and again, you know. I'm an alcoholic, so I'll make this about me regardless of, of anything. Of course, even though like Elton John's on the table and you're going to talk about yourself. Go of, ahead. Of course, of course. I remember a long time ago, one of my friends told me to get sober. And it came out of, I was on my way, or like going to a job interview that afternoon and I didn't have any Percocet on me. And I love Percocet to this day. I still love Percocet. Obviously, I don't pick up because there's just, there's no exit plan these days. And I remember I was late for the interview and I was calling him on the way like, hey, you got to meet me or you have to have somebody meet me. I'm just I'm not going to be able to get through this interview. I will not be that fantastic shining personality type of guy that I need to be in this interview if I do not have that Percocet. And he's like, no, dude, like you can get through this. You, you can just be you and be normal. And I remember that I was so feared up and so full of anxiety because I didn't have, I don't know, is it safety net is the yeah, right word? Yeah, crotch. Or that crutch. And I felt that way even after I got sober. Like I felt myself being more reserved and more quiet. I wish that part came back. And then, you know, as time goes on, you get my shining personality back, darling. Well, and so that's kind of what I was thinking about, right? So now with 30 years sobriety, watching him perform like socially and entertainment wise, like he was just so engaging, you know, and that's without any substances for 30 plus years. And not for nothing, but I would imagine it's hard to connect when you are being analyzed through that microscope or that magnifying glass. Again, you're one person. Well, I mean, there was other people in the band on the stage, but there's 40,000 people around you. Right. And I swear to God, I felt like he connected with each and every person that was in that stadium and everybody, again, I'm an alcoholic, I'll make it about me. Everybody in that stadium felt the exact same way that I did. No, I agree with you completely. It was such an engaging show. It was just really incredible. It was. It's definitely something off the bucket list. And again, there, I think there was a lot to be said in just the connection that I felt I had with him. Just being sober. And the other thing, too, that really spoke to me about his sobriety is he is tried and true an AA guy. That's how he got sober. He is. He's, He's outspoken about it. Goes He's, to AA now. He does every Sunday, even through pandemic. 
crazy. He did Zoom. I was reading that he would go on in every country, every city that he toured in. And like, even if they didn't speak, even if he didn't speak the language, he would still go to a meeting. And he said, you know, I still left that meeting better than I was before I went in it. Like, I still got something out of every single meeting, even if I didn't understand what they were saying. That's incredible. I still knew I was in a room of like minded people. And there's a lot to be said for that. There sure is. So it really was such an incredible experience. I want to be like, I can't wait to do it again, but we can't do it again. That's like a sad thing to me. No, we can do it again. He's playing the Meadowlands next month. He's playing at Foxborough Stadium, home of the New England Patriots, Uh, sans Tom Brady. Our bank statement says we cannot do it again. Fair enough. (laughs) Chris's brother, we were like sending pictures and stuff, and Chris's brother actually asked... He's like, how much did that set you back? I was like, all the utilities for the month of July. But it was worth it. 100% worth it. I will die broke, but I will have one hell of a time. In fact, we were leaving. I said to Chris, and I was like, you know what? I actually don't care. That was worth every penny. I I don't know how much you spent on those tickets, and I I quite frankly don't want to know. No, don't know. But it was just one of those... I don't care how much it costs to have that experience. It's just absolutely priceless. It's kind of like that MasterCard commercial, right? Yes. (laughs) Except it wasn't, you know, priceless. (laughs) (laughs) There was definitely a price tag associated with that. And the kids can eat this month, but we cannot, which is probably good for both of us, really, at this point. I don't really eat anyways. It's not my thing. What if I tell you you have to cut out Red Bull? What if I tell you you have to move out? (laughs) I'm just saying. All right. Everybody's got a limit. I guess. There's a line. Sure. Do not cross it. You cross yours all the time. All the time. All the lines. There is no line. There is no line. No, it's awful. Red line in the sand. I'll just erase it. I know. Make a new line. No, you won't even erase it. You'll just jump right over it all like brazen about it. (laughs) Doing a little party dance. Rules don't apply to me. That's right. (laughs) That's right. That's why we have a legal team. It's true. What else, darling? What else is on your mind? What else is on your bucket list? Oh, that's a really good question. Mm. Shit. All right, well, put on the spot. I guess I should, maybe I should refer to those iTunes notes or whatever. No, so on my bucket list is I have quite a bit of traveling I want to do. Ooh. Um, I've actually never been to Europe. Really? Yes. Okay. So I want to go to Europe. I want to do Italy for an extended period of time, like Mm -hmm. immerse ourselves in the culture, stay in little villages, see where my grandma grew up, which I think would only take like four minutes. Um, (laughs) We can bring Bird Dog and she can sniff out the truffles. They had a farm and everything. She would, uh, you know, I want to see that. I would love to, I'd almost love to do Italy the way we did Puerto Rico. Like, I would like to find a host family to take us in and all the different towns, like, live how they live. You know what I mean? Really kind of immerse ourselves in the culture. Absolutely. That that was another once-in-a-lifetime vacation, and not because it was a tropical country or anything outside of we lived like the people for a week. Yes, it was incredible. And that's such a different experience. Um, this summer has been such an awesome summer, being back and forth to the shore. I don't know if it's a bucket list item, but I think a goal of mine is eventually we get to a place where I can live at the shore a summer with the kids and you can visit and leave bird dog at home as often or as not as you'd like. I didn't know that was on the table. You don't think so? 
No, I mean, had I known that was an option, like, I, I would have worked at the Turkey Hill part-time. <laughs> Get you the fuck out of this house. <laughs> Bye. Well, next year's a new year. Well, think about it. <laughs> now, I'd like them to be, like, a little bit older. I don't know. I just think that would be something awesome to do. That's fair. Have you run that by your parents? Are you invited for the entire summer? I think they would have us. Not us. You. They talk, they've talked about all the time Mac living down there for a summer working down there. I think that's a great experience. Right? He could be like a lifeguard or go scoop ice cream and just plow chicks all the time. That's what I think, except that last part. But I think that like in college, like especially, I'm like, this is what you should, like after freshman year when you don't need an internship or any of that business. Yeah. Like totally just bar back somewhere. Or I to actually what I told him is he should be like the beach umbrella guy. That's a great gig. It requires zero effort. You sit and get tan all day, and then you still have your whole night ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think you have to have your wits about you the next morning when the work day starts. So, like, you could have a hangover. I think that would be okay to be the beach umbrella guy. Yeah, no, you can definitely put an umbrella in the sand while throwing up. Yeah, 100%. As you should. Other bucket list items. I don't know. What do you have left on yours? Disney. Oh, no, but that's just because we have to do it to check it off. We talked about Disney at great length and how we're going to do it with Frankie. I've, I've been to, you know, Paris. I, I peed off the Eiffel Tower, drunk, 17 years old. Again, if you've listened to more than three minutes of this podcast, I'm sure you are not thrown off by that. Nope. But I, I don't really have a bucket list. I think the further along I get in this life and my sobriety... The more important it becomes to create memories. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, I think for you, Disney should be a bucket list because seeing Disney, and again, we're not Disney people, seeing Disney with your child will be the most amazing thing you'll ever experience. I agree. And much like you, you know, you, you've been to Disney mm -hmm. as a child. Yes. You brought Mac yes. as a child. Yes. I went. I can't even remember. I was three or four years old. I'm sure, you know, Dick will call me Thursday, the day after this airs. I took you on the finest vacation. Rah, 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 rah. But I think there's a lot to be said for doing it once and doing it right. Yeah, definitely. We're, we already got it kind of in the works. A couple years from now, we'll take Frankie when she's old enough to remember, but not too old where she's, you know not into it anymore you know what i mean and mm. uh we'll do it right there's still like she'll still enjoy the magic of it yes exactly you know and we'll 100 percent drop 20 grand on that vacation yep uh i'm the kind of guy like i want to i'll spend an extra five thousand dollars to have like mickey mouse give me a fucking piggyback around that park you know one of the like i want mickey mouse parked outside my room at two o'clock in the morning so i could like ring a bell and then he comes over and rubs caviar on my tits or something you know what one of the things i did with mac and this was such a good thing and i would absolutely do it again i forget how much it costs but they have like the memory package or something i forget what it was but at all you know there's all these different locations that you you know you have to get your photo taken and they're they're ah. stars they're marked by something anyway they take your photo and you get the digital images. And I think it's like it was hundreds of them. Huh. And it was worth every penny. So like Disney takes your photo? Yes. Because they're there taking them anyway. And then I think you can go on and buy them separately. Or... Like facial recognition? No. It was like with characters. But even on the rides, 
Because uh, you got the band. See, you know I got really I mean? nervous right there. I was like, I'm not even allowed to walk into a <laughs> bank. I wonder if Disney's actually an option. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be flagged that memory making package. They'll be like, uh uh-uh, uh, this one's here. Call the FBI. But like that was so amazing because like back when I took Mac, like I had an iPhone, but it, they were primitive compared to what they are now. Oh, God, yes. You know, I think I may have brought a camera. No, that was the thing. I didn't want to have to bring a camera. Like now no one brings camera anyway. You just bring your iPhone. But it was still nice. Everyone was in every photo because you weren't the one taking it. Oh, you know what? I never even thought about that. Yes. Huh. Yeah, it was really great. All right. Uh-huh. I like that. Um. All right. What else is on your bucket list? I would definitely like to go to Italy. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to go see where my mother was born. She was born actually where St. Andrew's Golf Course is, Edinburgh, Scotland, yes. where your family is this week. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be super important. I, I don't want to sound like like I'm really well-traveled or something like that, but I've seen a, a good bit of the United States, Canada, Mexico. I want to hit the continents. Yeah, that. I agree with that. You know what else I want to do? Because something I really haven't done is seen the United States. Yeah, I have. You did? Like the whole thing? I mean, you lived in a bunch of different places, I guess. Yeah, so pretty much. All right. Well, then forget <laughs> it. I'll bug it list that with someone else. I've been to rehab in more states than you've probably seen. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's we were always a different like, perspective. We were always like resort vacation type people. Which, Tools. Trust me, I loved. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I think... There's a way to see the United States that I haven't done, and I would like to do that. You know what's just amazing? And again, this you know kind of ties into the whole Elton John thing, but more importantly, recovery, sobriety, things of that nature. I didn't have a bucket list five years ago. Really? I mean, my bucket list was like... Make it to payday. I was just going to say, let me make sure I make it to payday, and I have cigarettes and Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the extent of my... Goals. My views, my vision my aspirations for life yeah and now that we have again a little bit of time under our belt how vastly different my priorities are in just a short amount of time absolutely like now i'm talking about taking my family to disney Mm -hmm. well let's be honest megan makes the money i'm talking about megan taking my family to disney but traveling the world Mm -hmm. going to see different parts even of the united states like that never ever would have been possible without taking that first step to be on this journey yeah and i think that that speaks volumes to yes i I mean recovery personal goals things like that but it just goes to show you that once you take a step in the right direction quite literally do anything that you want to do well i think one of the things sobriety gives you back is hope like before you got sober there was no reason to have goals or a bucket list because you had really no hope. I you had, had no, nothing. Yeah, but like it didn't matter if the next day started or it didn't. Who cares about getting to Europe? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was no, you know, nothing positive to look forward to. No, it, there was, it, and none of that was on my horizon, not even close. You know, again, just such small-minded goals. And I can tell you my number one item on my quote unquote, I wouldn't even call it my bucket list, but I guess it is. It's, you know, because a bucket list is what? Things you want to do before you die, right? Is that where that comes from? Before you kick the bucket? It's actually a great movie. I 
think Billy Crystal's in it, maybe? City Slickers? No. I think it's called Bucket List. Morgan Freeman, maybe, is in it? I, you know I'm messing this up real bad. Yeah. But it's good. We should watch it. I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. They're, the, they're like, <laughs> terminally ill, and they're, like, completing their bucket list. Huh. But it's, like, funny and inspiring, blah, blah, blah. But my actual, like, number one item on my bucket list, right, mm-hmm. what I need to do before I die is really just see my kids happy and content. That's it. I'm not going to be ready to leave this world until mm. I know they're in a place that they don't need me to take care of them anymore, and they've found like their place in the world that they're happy and content interesting that's it that's the bucket list right there if i can accomplish that if i can see that day by the grace of god if i'm able to make it that long then it doesn't really matter if i go to europe just goes to show you how much smarter and more worldly megan is than i am because i'm thinking like oh well maybe if i can just buy a boat i'll be okay (laughs) It's like, no, I want to make sure my kids don't need me anymore and then I can die. Yeah, that's it. I'm good with that. And, and I mean, like, you always need your parents. Like, it's always hard when they die or whatever. But I want I wanted them to be at a point where I've, like, molded them into confident, self-assured human beings that I know they'll be okay if I'm not here. You're so amazing. Shut the fuck up. You're so condescending. No, I'm serious. I, I Again, I'm thinking, like, <laughs> a 50-foot Bertram you know, sport fish and, and my bucket list will be complete. <laughs> it has absolutely nothing to do with my children. That's because you're as deep as a bucket, honey. Or yeah. a puddle. I don't know. What's that? Puddle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. And not after a flood. No, I'm like a drought puddle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> like the glass sweating on the counter puddle. <laughs> that's actually about as accurate as you could probably put it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And I'm okay with that. Uh, Things to work on. Yeah, exactly. All right, darling. You got anything else? No, I just, you know, we were so moved by the concert. It was so amazing. If you have a chance to see one of the next 100 shows, we highly recommend it. Absolutely. Because it was incredible. Put it on your bucket list. Travel wherever you need to go to see it. It was amazing. It sure was. And, uh, like, thank you to to Uncle John, to Elton John for... um. I don't know, inspiring us for being a positive and bright light in sobriety, um, for showing people it can be done, you know, and it can be done well and you can live an amazing life, you know, and like one that you really love, one that you want to, you're ready to retire from your career to spend time with your family because that's what matters because with sobriety, if you do it right, you sometimes get like, the greater meaning of life somehow, eventually. I agree. So well said, honey. You got anything else? No. I, I feel like after that statement, I just need to shut it down and go to bed. Oh. All right, honey. Um, well, good night. Say um, good night, my okay, love. Okay, thanks. I need I need you to tell me what I do next. You need to be prompted. Say good night, darling. Uh, good night. I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Friendly reminder that my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.